Well, Advent has passed now. The uh, candles are gone. Christmas uh, technically has passed now. The trees are gone. We are in the season of Epiphany. Epiphany. And the bridge lesson each year for this change of seasons is the baptism of Jesus. Now, we met John the Baptist during Advent, you know, the preparer of the way. And, of course, we met Jesus in the manger at Bethlehem. And now Epiphany brings their two ministries together. Now, the ministry of John the Baptist was only a year and a half before Herod beheaded him. And Jesus' ministry lasted only three years until Roman soldiers crucified him on Golgotha's hill. And the biblical record indicates that their ministries, the two ministries, came together only one time at the Jordan River when John pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus came to John to be baptized. You know, at that time, John was really exciting the people. It had been 400 years since Malachi, since the last prophet of the Old Testament. And since the promise of a Messiah, John was firing up the people with excitement, saying that he, the kingdom is at hand. The Messiah is at hand. Huh? Luke's account of the story even adds this little touch. It says, all the people wondered in their hearts whether or not John was the Christ, the Messiah. Okay, so people were excited. Now, this is not so unusual because the times in which those people lived were depressing. All those years waiting for the Messiah, no prophet in Israel, and now they were under oppression by the Romans. The hopes of the people were pretty dim, and John comes and tells them, get excited, because the Messiah is coming. It raised their expectations. Now, maybe we could use a little of that in our world and in our church today. Because it seems to me the hopes of the world are kind of dim. As a matter of fact, one of my New Year's resolutions is to quit watching national news. I'm sticking with local news and weather and sports. Because the national news just makes me so upset. It's crazy out there. And maybe there's no better time in the church than to stand up and speak the message of Christ to people whose lives are crazy right now. The church has always been the strongest when the expectations of the world are the weakest. Things are pretty bleak in the world. They were when God came into the world in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus began his ministry. And how did he begin that ministry? He got baptized. Now, have you thought about that one? How strange that is? I mean, the sinless son of God would receive the baptism of repentance? Yeah, that's what John's baptism was. It was a baptism of repentance, and yet Jesus was holy, blameless. The Lamb of God, yes, but uh, a lamb without without spot and without blemish. Why then? That's the question. Why did he deliberately leave Galilee and go down to the Jordan River to be baptized by John? Well, let's just agree right at the beginning that... uh, that he was the one man who did not need a baptism of repentance. And yet he did. He did so, my friends, so that he would be identified with the sinners that he came to save. Shouldn't be any surprise because Isaiah the prophet 700 years earlier had prophesied, quote, 
he would be numbered among the transgressors, unquote. There's a sense in which we could say his baptism was the first step toward the cross. By his baptism, Jesus was placing himself among sinners and declared himself ready to be the sin bearer, the bearer of the sins of the world. Jesus was a king, but he didn't stay in a palace. Jesus was the great high priest, but he didn't spend much time in the temple. Jesus came and ate and drank with sinners. That's where you found him. He's one of us. Tempted, the Bible says, in every way as we are. So lesson number one, Jesus, God's son, is one of us. He even got baptized. Now that's also why, why Jesus stepped into the Jordan River. He was signaling with his baptism his intent to take our place under the judgment of a holy and perfect God. Now if I had been in charge of Jesus' ministry, I would not have told him to step into the Jordan. I would have told him to walk on the Jordan. You know, he'd do that later in Galilee, on the Sea of Galilee. But you know, John had people all pumped up that the Messiah was coming. The Messiah was here. Wouldn't that have been a grand inference? If Jesus, when he came down to the Jordan, would have just walked down the water? They would have recognized him as Messiah right away. But it was actually harder for Jesus to walk into the waters of the Jordan than it would have been for him to walk on it. Let me explain. You see, hundreds of sinners had been to the Jordan to wash their sins away before Jesus. How clean do you suppose that water was? And I'm not talking here about first century pollution. I'm not talking about the sweat and grime that might have been washed off those bodies as they got baptized by John. No, I'm, I'm talking about the sin that was washed into the waters of the Jordan. Sin that would have turned the stomach of the Holy One of God. It looked like a simple step into the Jordan River, but in reality, it was a plunge into hell itself. Because eventually, all those sins washed away would stick to Jesus. He was baptized in the dirty water of human sin. And then something very unusual occurred. First, the Holy Spirit descended as a dove, we are told, and second, a voice, a thundering voice came from heaven that said, this is my son. So the Holy Spirit marks Jesus as a son of God. The Father announces Jesus as a son of God. Here we have, in this moment, the Holy Trinity, the Holy Triune God. You know, the most notable thing about Thomas Lincoln is that he had a son named Abraham. And a Vermont farmer by the name of John Coolidge always wanted to be known as the father of Calvin. How does God want to be known? As the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. St. Peter said it in his first epistle general at the end of the Bible. He said, blessed be God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. People today really blow it. They really must make a mistake. When they attempt to get right with God and ignore Jesus Christ. When they attempt to live God-pleasing lives and yet they ignore the truth of the teachings of Jesus himself. When they think that they are praying to the Father, even if it be five times a day looking to the east, 
but they have no faith in Jesus. Because the scripture says, without faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ, it is impossible to please God. Christ's baptism brings us face to face with the person of Jesus Christ, with the testimony of the Holy Spirit and the Father, the triune God. People want something to excite them these days. Well, I'll tell you, that ought to excite us, right? Right here in our midst is the triune God in the person of Jesus Christ. We don't have to look to psychic hotlines or academic advancements or astrology, fortune cookies, money, sex, work, lottery, sports. I got a whole list here. In the midst of all these human flings stands the majesty of God in the person of our brother and to empower us with a life of power. Did you hear in the epistle reading for today? It says we're no longer enslaved by sin. That got buried with Christ in the tomb. And when he rose from the dead, we too can rise and walk in newness of life. The holy dove has landed on you too, my friends. John said, I baptize you with water. There's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, with the gift of faith. And the Father himself has claimed you as his child. Not only does he say, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He says, you are my beloved child which in Jesus Christ pleases me to no end, the Father. Now before we get too far away from Christmas, I want to talk to you then about the name Jesus. It has to do with Jesus coming and becoming our brother in the flesh. You know, the angel told Mary and Joseph to call his name Jesus, and uh, on the eighth day of Christmas, they went to the temple and, uh, and they named him. That was the Jewish custom in those times. But Jesus was a very common name. There were at least five high priests who were named Jesus. The Jewish historian Josephus, talking about the first century, refers to 20 different people named Jesus. The New Testament even speaks about Jesus Justice, who was a friend of St. Paul's. And some manuscripts actually have Barabbas' first name as being Jesus, so that when Pilate brought Barabbas and Jesus out and said, which one shall I release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is the Christ? Interesting, huh? A common name. But it means Savior. And more than that, it counts him as our brother. That slide up there right now is the heart of this sermon message about baptism. Jesus is not only our Savior, but he is our brother. We shouldn't lose sight of that. He doesn't take the holy name uh, of, uh, of uh, angelic divinity or your holiness. He takes a very common human name. He was touchable. He was approachable. He was reachable. He was human. And what's more, if he were here today, you probably wouldn't notice him as he walked through Crocker Park. He wouldn't uh, turn heads by the clothes he wore. That was John the Baptist, wore that crazy clothes, not Jesus. He was the kind of man that you'd invite to watch the football game this afternoon in your house. He'd wrestle on the floor with your kids. He'd doze off on the couch. He would cook your steaks on the grill. He'd laugh at your jokes, and maybe he'd even tell you a few of his own. And when he spoke, oh man, when he spoke, you would listen to him for all of eternity. And this much is sure, you would definitely invite him back. 
Yeah. When God chose to reveal himself, he didn't write a book. That would come later. He didn't begin a church. That would come later. When God chose to reveal himself, he did so, surprise of all surprises, by becoming our brother. And so in that ministry of Jesus, we have to realize that the tongue that called forth from the dead living people was a human tongue. The hand that touched the leopard had dirt under its fingernails. The feet that women wept over and anointed were calloused and dusty. And the tears, oh, don't ever forget the tears, they came from a heart that was as broken as yours or mine will ever be. And people came to him. Oh, my, they came to him. They came at night. They touched him as he walked down the street. They followed him along the Sea of Galilee. They invited him into their homes. They placed their children on his lap. Why? Because he refused to be a statue in a cathedral or a priest in a pulpit. He chose to be a brother. A savior, but a brother. Matter of fact, in the Bible, there is not the hint of one single person who was ever afraid to draw near to him. Oh, there were those who mocked him. There were those who, didn't mis who misunderstood him. There were those who were envious of him. And there were those who revered him. But there was not one person who considered him too holy, too divine, too celestial to touch. There was not one person who was reluctant to approach him for fear that he would reject them. That's just not who he was. So I want you to remember that, my friends, when you find yourself amazed by your own failures. I want you to remember that, my friends, in the tough days of life, that human beings are the ones who do the, do the dividing Jesus is the one who builds the bridges. And you see, that's why he really had to be baptized. Not for himself, but for you and for me. All praise be to God for his great plan of salvation. Will you bow your heads to pray with me? Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we praise you, yes, that unto us has been born a Savior. But this morning we rejoice that you have become our brother that when you came to this earth, you did not come to be worshiped and adored. You came to worship and adore us by your presence. And our response then is to worship and adore you and give you praise and honor. Use this epiphany season here among us as a blessing that we might see the light of light that has come not only to Israel, but to us Gentiles. Let it be to your honor and glory that we ask you to walk with us this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.